Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. Today, we have a repeat guest, an amazing educator in the community. So excited to welcome this person back on the pod, talk about some super important things and like things that I feel like we don't talk about super often so very excited for all of these reasons please welcome to the podcast relationship and sexuality educator and coach darren infinity campbell (sighs) and the crowd goes wild (laughs) that probably sounds terrible on a mic that will be my only sports reference don't (laughs) don't expect anything further that's all i know the crowd goes wild and then stuff happens Hey, uh, coach is in your is in your title there, so I might have to call you coach. Put me in coach. Put me in coach. Put me in coach. Put it in coach. Put it in me coach. (laughs) Put it in me coach. (laughs) Oh my god, Darren, how are you? I got such great reception from the last episode we did together. So many great comments on it. So glad to hear that. I still get people mentioning to me that they'd heard of my stuff from from your podcast. So um, I think I think we both do a good job of meeting the needs of of folks we're connecting with. So that's great. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's amazing. And I'm so excited to have you back. I know we're gonna have another just like meaty, solid hard hitting episode <laughs> i'm like what girthy a- girthy thank you yep <laughs> just mind-blowing a mind-blowing experience overall um, absolutely <laughs> and um specifically you are getting back into like having a coaching practice am i right yeah so the the idea is that in addition to the education work that i'm getting back in the swing of again because covid and um life just throwing us continuous monkey wrenches and the joys that it is to live in 2021 but despite that i'm plugging through and i'm doing more more teaching so people can take a look keep an eye out for that i'm moving some stuff online and gonna hopefully also as things open up hit some venues as well but then the other thing i'm excited to talk about is yeah as i'm i'm starting to become a, a relationship and sexuality coach and what that looks like is um i'm working with folks uh, I've had a few clients I'm working with and I'm looking to build out my clientele and and basically we work together to work on specific issues or challenges that they might be having in terms of whether that's dating or particularly for folks who might be new to kink and want a male perspective on how to navigate that, how to navigate community, how to navigate dating, how to communicate their desires in a way that treats their partners like equal participants and human beings instead of it can be so tempting to when we're excited to treat everybody like that, that fetish um, vending machine, right? Yes, fetish dispenser. Exactly, that fetish dispenser. So how do we, as guys who get these scripts, you know, we talked about this, I think, last time too, the toxic masculinity that gets thrown at us in terms of what male dating and love and sexuality and relationships are supposed to look like. We get thrown such toxic nonsense. 
So I'm hoping to work with some folks who are trying to undo some of that. And we can we can build out what it looks like to have healthier relationships first with ourselves and then with the people that we want to connect with. So that's so a big, going to be a big part of my practice. And then uh, another thing is, you know, helping people troubleshoot. I can work with couples to troubleshoot, particularly if they have like non-typical relationships. Say you've got a DS relationship and you want a third party who understands that to help mediate some conversations, then we can do that. We can we can do a, a lot of different things. I do want to caution here. I'm not a licensed psychotherapist or counselor or anything like that. I'm uh, a fellow pervert who has mm. a lot of experience and a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of learning within community and through community. But I'm not. Uh, I don't have any certifications behind my name, so I want to be very careful that um, some people might come to me and will you know we can have a free consultation to talk about what your goals are. And the end of that conversation might be hey, you might be better off in a therapeutic setting. And that's right. also a good thing to know. Definitely. Oh, right. my God, 100%. And I mean, the struggle is real when trying to find like either counselors, coaches, therapists who are like, for myself, like kink friendly, polyam oh friendly, God. sex work friendly, sex positive. It's like a minefield out there. So I think it's so valuable that um, you're turning, you're now turning more focus to your practice. I love to hear that. Yeah. Because I've been on the receiving end of you as a facilitator, educational facilitator. And you're absolutely fabulous and gave me so many things to think about. So I, I, I have no doubt that you're going to just flourish, baby. Thank you so much. Thrive. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you so much. Well, and the, and the, other, the other thing being, too, is that I'm working towards um, getting my degree so I can eventually become a psychotherapist, also serving the community as well. So that's, that's the longer-term goal. That's a few years off. So in the meantime, we're going to do some coaching work, and we're going to collaborate and create some, some great connections with people, and then eventually I'll be able to do therapeutic work as well down the road. Amazing. Oh, I love that for you. So okay, for people who either haven't listened to the other episode we did together, or just don't really know who you are, do you want to just like tell us a bit about yourself? And maybe how um, you were brought to this path? Absolutely, absolutely. So many years ago, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, <laughs> there was not there was not as much of an internet, but there was a thing called um, I magazine. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I'm, Aaron and I are of a, of a similar vintage, I believe. So, so she'll probably remember that as well. Yeah, and and so in the back pages of these things, there was all these ads for, you know, BDSM providers and sex workers and things like that. And to make a long story short, and I've got kind of more of a buildup as to how I realized I was a pervert. And I use pervert, by the way, affectionately and lovingly. It's of my reclaim—it's my reclaimed term, but no judgment attached to it. Only, only love. I have—I I love to refer to myself in that way, but uh, I certainly don't want to bother anybody who who might be bothered by that. So I—I I, I respect that not everybody's comfortable with that term. So when I so I started going to see prodoms at uh, the age of below eighteen, and and. <laughs> And looked looked older, and in retrospect, I'm not recommending this as a path because that puts the sex workers at risk if they get caught sure, interacting with somebody sure. below age. But for me, having those early formative years, particularly working with uh, prodoms, and and none of these were ever uh, full service workers. What I was looking for was safe ways to explore kink. I wasn't interested in dating, you know, 18, 19 year old girls or boys. I'm uh, bisexual, queer bisexual, meaning I'm into people of my own gender and I'm into people of other genders. And 
I wasn't really interested in dating anybody particularly vanilla. I was looking for scenes. The fantasies in my mind were of ownership and and DS and power exchange and of connecting through through kink and through pain and through bliss and through obedience and things like that. Mm. So I started out as a submissive person who was exploring that. And around around when I was 18 or 19 or so, the pro-dom that I was seeing, who was a lovely human, turned to me and said, basically, so you're not seriously involved with anybody. Uh, you need to go out and get into community because I don't want you to end up like marrying somebody and then just doing this on the side. This is part of who you are. You need mm. to get out into the world. So this amazing woman who I owe a spiritual debt to that I can never repay except to maybe pay it forward sent me off to my first community meetings and so I went to munches and I went to kink events and back then there wasn't as many younger people in the community I was often the youngest person in the room mm -hmm. um but uh you know we went to these different I went to these different events play parties later came along and I was I was going to those and then private parties and so forth and I did that for about 10 years or so and then around when I turned 30, I was in a relationship where I was the, the dominant for the first time uh, in a relationship and was realizing how switchy I was Amazing. and realized that I didn't have a lot of mentors or connections in DS from, from the dominant side, especially not people who I saw were like me, who, who embraced that they were switchy, for example, or embraced switches in general. That was more taboo at the time. I think it's embraced a lot more now, but it was certainly a taboo at the time. Mm -hmm. Especially for and AMAB individuals. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. For for people assigned male at birth, it was certainly it was certainly challenging for for people to to see that we could have that nuance of was like yes, I can be in charge or I can have somebody else in charge of me, and none of that diminishes or enhances my masculinity either way. It just is that which it is. And right? on top of that, bisexuality slash pansexuality, like as absolutely. an AMAB person as well. Yeah, absolutely. There, there was there was all kinds of. Uh, for, I was often the first of of several different things in in some rooms. So, um, but I also walked in with incredible privileges too, as a cis white able bodied man as well. I also walked into those spaces with a lot of. Uh, so, it, to my mind, it was as much my responsibility to break through some of those barriers as it was to um, uh, as it, as it was to to complain about them. You know, right. because I had that those other privileges, people would listen to me, people would uh, pay attention to what I had to say. So I started organizing this uh, discussion group for people who are in DS relationships called Perspectives on Power. Mm -hmm. And that led to people saying, well, we really need like an introduction to DS workshop. And, and I looked around and nobody else was really doing that at the time. So I said, well, I guess that's me. And so I worked with some other people <laughs> to develop one. Twist my arm. All right. Twist, twist my arm. Twist, twist my arm. Well, you know that's the way we get we get we get called in by by our community to to do the service that's required of us to in order to build up the community that we want. Right. It's, oh, that's it's, so true. I like the way you, know, you put that. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're called. Some of us are called to service, and 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 the opportunities find us to be to to be as helpful as possible. So uh, I started teaching this one class and that begat other classes. And then I went to an event in the U.S. and ended up being asked to teach at that. And then it kind of exploded from there to the point where I've taught different classes now on a variety of subjects in kink and sexuality, 
all across mostly the the U.S. East Coast and then up and through Canada and Ontario as well. Would love to do more teaching across Canada um, at various events as well as, as time goes on. But most of my teaching right now has either been in Toronto itself, some in Ottawa, and then uh, throughout the, the, the U.S. Northeast. Fabulous. Oh, my God. What a success. Like, yeah, it's, you been, know, exci- what, it's been exciting. Whatever that means, right? But you seem yeah. to have just... Um, had so much exposure and so much experience it's just to me it's really impressive to see that in a, in an educator it's lovely congrats well it's 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 funny you mentioned that success piece because i've got a story that i absolutely adore which is um a couple of, actually i was at this event with um with uh, sophia who's been interviewed i believe on your podcast has she not did she actually make it to the bottom i know she i know i had to twist her on many times if she did eventually yeah. I remember all the times she said no to me. <laughs> That's what's sticking in my because she's very shy, especially with like public yes. speaking and and talking. She's like, uh, but I'm like, all the ritual chamber doms are doing it. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I eventually got her. So I was at this friend with with uh, this event that she was also at as well. We'd driven down together as as friends. And it was the last day of this big camping event with about 1,200 lovely perverts all at this campground. Amazing energy, amazing sexual energy. I'd been teaching all weekend and I was kind of tired and I was kind of done. And this lovely man came up to me at the end of things and he, and he says, I was like, are you Darren Infinity? And I was like, yes, I am. He said, do you have a moment for me to, to tell you something that might be a little bit hard? I'm like, oh boy, what's this? <laughs> I've had a long day, sir. <laughs> I've had a long day, but I was just like, but I'm about to leave and this and this guy has sought me out. I will make space for it. Nice. And he proceeds to tell me this story about how he had an ex-partner of his who he was still on very, very good terms with, who had sadly passed away. So this was an event in September of 2019, and this person had passed that previous winter. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that this friend of his former partner had asked him to do was to go when he went to events that summer to seek out the educators that had like touched her life. Wow. And so he comes to me and says, I was like, Hey, she went to these classes of yours and I'm not going to get into the specifics of it because it's a personal story, but, but went to these classes of yours and you meant something to her and helped her navigate life and have deeper, more meaningful relationships. And like, I get teary just thinking about it right now. Yeah. And, and to me, that was the beginning of the next stage for me where I said, it was like, cause at the time I was still working this very corporate career and I was just like, corporate career is great for some people, but obviously I have other things to give. Yeah. How do I make my life more of that and less of that? Because that's where I'm making an impact. That's where I'm adding meaning to my life and the life of other people. Yeah. So going back so, to the word success, it's like, yeah, where do I feel like the most nourished, you know? Yeah. What fills my cup? Versus, yeah, what fills my cup back up rather than, you know, pouring from it, taking out of it, you know what I mean? Like, not necessarily, like, in a corporate job, I'm sure you had a decent, a pretty decent steady salary, some steady income coming, but... Yes, and now I do not, so that's (laughs) that's a whole set of challenges to navigate, so come, come see me as a coach. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There you go. Exactly. My Patreon is... <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, yeah. oh, I I'm love sure that Patreon story. Will come down the road. 
It should. Yeah. yeah. I, I, every guest that I have on my podcast, I'm like, do you have a Patreon? Because I bet you don't realize how many people just want to give you a few dollars a month as support. And, you know, the more you get, it's like, oh my God, this is like a substantial part of my income now. And it's just people that, you know, you create free content or, or you're just, you know, a figure in the community like yourself that people just want to buy a coffee every month or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it all, oh my God, those little bits add up. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, and, and certainly I've got people who do donate to, to support my work and I super appreciate that right now I'm set up to do things like, you know, interact email transfers and, and there's a site called buy me a coffee that I use and PayPal and all that kind of stuff. So there is options for that, but absolutely it's, it's good for you. Good. Finding ways for community to support are just so important, especially when, when there isn't, you know, I saw so many friends of mine who are sex workers and sex work adjacent or educators who really got hit during coronavirus hard and, and were not protected by a lot of the programs because they couldn't legitimize their income or because they couldn't, they could not on paper prove out their loss or uh, there was just too many risks of interacting with the system or they're completely off the grid in some ways. And so, and so the more opportunities, like if you believe in somebody's work, support that work because uh, you don't know what their situation is and how precarious it could possibly be. And the cool thing is about so many people who are advocates and teachers and educators and, 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 and community builders is that if they have extra, they're spreading that out too. Yep. So know that if you believe in the ethics of somebody and you think that they're doing good work, support their work support Aaron's work here, support all these amazing people who are putting out content, putting putting things out into the world and trying to make the world a better place. And I mean, it, it shows you right there, like the work that you do specifically with that person coming up to you um, mm-hmm. and telling you that lovely sentiment. You know, I, I get that as well, either from the podcast, you know, a particular episode, a particular guest like yourself, once again, you know, that just had such an impact, you know what I mean? So I think it's, you know, it's nice to have that available if people, if you are affecting people, you know, um, that they Mm -hmm. can then kind of connect with you and and support you is super important as well. Yeah, I just had a, a very... I mean, he's he's very appreciative and tells me stuff like this kind of on a consistent basis. But I had somebody who's been basically my main pandemic sub, long distance sub, but is now kind of coming into this non-binary existence and has just kind of wrote me a big, long, lovely message about this is going to be the first Pride where they are, he's using they, he or she, but that they can come to pride and be out as a pansexual non-binary individual and just Amazing. how owing that in large part to our dynamic and the past year Amazing. we spent together so it's just i feel so honored you know what i mean i feel just so reverent about about creating content and reaching people and connecting people and as mm-hmm. you said kind of being like a community figurehead um, I take that very seriously, as I'm sure I know you do as well. So it, it's nice to get those messages every once in a while. But okay, the main thing, one of the main things, we have several <laughs> things that we want to talk about today. <laughs> you kind of alluded it, to it already. Um, this idea of collaborative consent. Right. Let's talk about it. I love this as a topic because I'm a person that 
looks at every scene like a collaboration, like like mm-hmm. uh, like we're playing together, um, mm-hmm. no matter what side of the slash you're on. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Absolutely. So I think that, so first off, I want to say that no amount of negotiation or collaboration or whatever term you want to call it is going to stop a bad actor. I want to like, pre- preface that because at the end of the day, if somebody if somebody is intent on doing wrong, then they're going to find ways to do wrong until something or somebody stops them. Yes, and true. So, yeah. Because I, I laughed because I, I thought you meant actor. Like if you're doing a role play, <laughs> and somebody's no. just a oh, bad no. actress or actor. <laughs> no, please don't throw me into the briar patch, Miss Pam. <laughs> See, that's a good actor. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yes, I'm. I'm with you now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, bad bad actors. Yeah. Are you the bad cop? Am I the bad cop? We're all bad cops. Yeah, good um, actor. Maybe it's an acting workshop role play. Maybe you are the bad exactly. actor. You're casted Maybe. to be the bad actor. Then <laughs> I just thought of a whole scene. Sorry, I'm totally derailing you. Go ahead, Derek. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so the so the reason I mention that is because I I hear a lot of pushback sometimes when we start talking about like getting into the nuance of collaborative consent and people being just like. Well, people will take advantage of that. People will abuse that language. And I would just want to preface by saying bad people who are who are really intent on doing heinous shit yeah. will not will not stop at that. But then there's a whole big large swath of people who can misstep. And that's the people I want to talk to, and that's the people I want to connect with. And I am in that swath of people. Certainly, so am I. So, right. so as at all of us, I might reach yeah. to say, you know, most to Abs- all of us. So, yeah, abs- 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 absolutely. So, I think that well, uh, uh, so for those of us in that large swath who want to do right, I think we need to like the my first idea around like collaborative consent is this idea that like so you and I, if we're coming together to create a scene, have sex, create a moment, whatever, we're coming together, hopefully either as equal in power as possible or aware of the differences. Yes. And so, so because we can only collaborate from a, a place of relative equality in, in, you know, so you can come in as a submissive person or as a dominant person, but then know the, the role that you've got in the room and make sure that there's enough room for everybody to collaborate and contribute their piece. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that to me is, that to me is, 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 you know, the, the, the baseline of things. Yeah. When I do my like professional, specifically when I do my um, professional scenes with people, you get a lot of requests for the scene to start immediately when they get in the room. And I'm like, especially if I've never met you before and never played with you before, I'm like, no, a hundred percent. No, we are talking out of role, you know, out of Mm -hmm. putting aside the power dynamic. Um, and as you said, kind of addressing if there are kind of inherent power dynamics in play, you know, like they're mm-hmm. on my turf, for instance, they're coming to my dungeon, you know, um, not that I own it or anything, but like my metaphorical space, I am going to be the dominant in the scene. So maybe that is already affecting things, even though we are, we haven't started the scene yet, but to try and reset and meet each other on like an equal level, a peer to peer kind of a level I, I try to be like the most welcoming and warm when people get in the space. You know what I mean? 
Absolutely. So I 100% love that that's the jumping off point because it's the same with yeah. me as well. Yep. And it goes a step further to that too, because I'm sure that you're thinking about at the time too, that like somebody's coming in and if they're brand new, for example, mm -hmm. then they're coming in nervous. They're coming in with less experience. They don't know the questions to ask. So you are doing extra things to make sure you understand their ability to consent to the situation, right? Exactly. I'm giving them a multiple choice, essentially, you're rather them than- You're giving them multiple tool choice, yeah. Yeah, rather than just asking open-ended questions that they don't have the answer for. <laughs> Absolutely. So that you're doing that. You're also cognizant of the fact that this person really wants to please you and might mm -hmm. say yes to things that they might not otherwise know about. There now, in a very legalistic framework, if we were looking at from a purely legal point of view, the person said yes, and you do the thing. From a legal point of view, maybe you may not have done anything wrong. That's up to courts to decide. I have no faith in courts. I have faith in people. Yeah. So I want to instead divorce us a little bit from the legalistic point of view which is useful in some scenarios but mostly doesn't serve very many people and instead look at what morally do we want to do in this situation so at the end of the day if i have your consent but i know in my heart that you don't mean what you've just said then it's on me to turn around and call that it's also on the person who just consented to like who just bit off more than they could chew Right. It's on both of us because, again, we're collaborating, right? But either one of us has an opportunity to avoid things being rough or awkward on the other end, anywhere from anywhere from awkward to, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that, to, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that, and all areas in between. Yes. Yep. Right? And this is not the – this is not the – perfect way to negotiate there is no perfect way to negotiate but i like the idea of turnaround and instead of calling it negotiation calling it collaboration because it has this idea that we're going to come in together we're going to co-create an experience mm -hmm. and we're going to build something up together that is meaningful and valuable to both of us i know what i like about this though that what you're talking about is like for me in these types of situations where i am the professional dominant with more experience the person is either new to kink or new to professional kink. They're, you know, on their exploratory journey many years before where mine is, you know what I mean? It's yeah. the idea of just starting low and slow. And yep. for a lot of sessions, honestly, just kind of doing a sensation platter of a bunch of different things. No power mm -hmm. dynamic that's added on top of that, just so we can speak freely. No means no. Everything means everything, essentially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and um, Absolutely. because a lot of times and, and always to undercut the intensity or whatever it happens to be because it's always good to err on the side of like oh I could have gone a little further I wish we would have done that a little longer or harder or more intensely and the next time you know what we you can come back and we can because a lot of times with people that are new to kink I find you know a week later they're able to really get some perspective on the scene and th really think about this idea of collaborative consent and like how they really feel about what happened in the scene and then Absolutely. book me again and then we can move forward you know it's the, mm -hmm. that idea that you may not have tools in the moment to be able to judge what you want to do what you should be doing what's good for you to do in the moment let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors shall we first of all Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. 
Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Exactly. And the other piece of that also becomes when we turn around, we as know that we're collaborating. The first thing we need to know then when we're collaborating is why are we together and not be, and not just because like, hey, I think you're hot. You think I'm hot. But what are we looking to do together? Right. Are we yeah. looking to have a kink scene or are we looking like and it can be simply as it's like, I really want to I really want to go down on you and and see what it looks like when you're feeling a lot of pleasure. Right. Like that could be the only thing we're negotiating. Right. It doesn't have to be all the bells and the whistles and the captain's hat and everything else. Right. It could be something really, really simple. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not this in the captain's hat. That's good. Good Christian love making right there. But, <laughs> I know. I was like, that's a new one. Yep. Go on. <laughs> Go right? off, Darren. But <laughs> but but no matter what we're negotiating. Right. So if I'm negotiating a, a spanking scene with with somebody, for example, and I'm we agree that I'd really like to be spanked and they really like to spank me. Well, what do I know about the scene right now? All I know is spanking is going to be involved. But if they don't know or I don't know why the other one wants to do the thing, yep. then we don't have a good sense of like how of collaboration then. Because what if I really want to be spanked because it feels really good and because I want to enjoy the sensation? Or maybe I'm really new and I'm playing with somebody like, like Aaron for the first time and I just want to explore what spanking feels like, right? Now, if Aaron comes at me with like a you dirty, naughty boy, blah, 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 mm-hmm. then that's not in keeping with the spirit of things. So then if that happens, I know things are off kilter. And because I'm coming at this from a collaborative consent perspective, I can turn around earlier and say, hold on, yellow or red or please stop, whatever our code is, yeah. and say, hey, you seem to be spanking me because I'm bad and I don't think that's what we agreed to. Can we talk about this for a minute or can we put a pause on things and everything else? And yeah. it allows things to go through earlier, right? And that's like a very blatant example, but there's all kinds of examples of in from my life and the life of people that I care about where we knew the vibe was off, but we did the thing anyway. Right, yes. And because, because we turned around and we started to have a conversation about what to have and we just weren't necessarily agreeing on anything but we but we had started the conversation so we felt like we had to fall into bed or fall into the scene anyway yeah and we've all done this but what what does it look like then to turn around and say you know what one of the successful outcomes from this negotiation is that we uh, that we come together to collaborate and we decide we don't have enough commonality to turn around and do that today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right that's really powerful yeah I love that. Like not only beforehand, uh, like parts of when I negotiate are like, what's the intention here of the scene? You know, what's the goal? You know, not that all scenes are goal oriented, but like, 
what do you want to experience? And I'm not talking what's about the flavor. Yeah. Like what's the vibe? Like what? Yeah. I know, I know what kink we're playing with, but like, what about that kink? Are you looking to experience? Mm. You know, how do you want to feel those types of questions about like, what do you want to be going on inside? Yeah. I know I'm spanking you, but like, okay, a spanking scene can look 500 ways, you know? Exactly. But that's, that's a perfect thing of like, you know, even when you are talking about stuff like this, you may not completely have understood exactly the nuance, you know, on either side of the slash. So I love that it's, you know, the thing of trusting your instincts when the scene is kind of not quite where you want it to be or going to where mm -hmm. you're not wanting it to go and addressing it right in the moment. So important. Absolutely. And then when we turn around, we create that expectation for ourselves and for each other. Then we're creating a situation where both people, if things go a little bit off, we both can call attention to that because we've come in and we've collaborated. So if I turn around and I, if I turn around and I start collaborating with somebody and we're yes anding each other and everything's great, yep. then we both know if things are going a little bit screwy right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you, you expect it to be like, really like, like into this, but you're very, very stoic. Do I need to check in here? And it doesn't need to be like, a, oh, are you all right? Do you need a hug and a blanket and a cookie? Yeah, it it's can not just end be of simple. scene. It's not end of scene. It can be as simple as it's like, how you doing boy, right? It can be in the scene and it can be in there. But if there's a, if there's a mismatch of the vibe, then checking in on that can avoid a lot of problems and a lot of, and a lot of challenges because frankly i've had more scenes that i felt shitty about afterwards because of how i felt at the end of it and it wasn't and and feeling like i was in some way harmed by it had more to do with how we dealt with it during and after than actually like having my consent violated right like right. i've had far more scenes where i just had left with a bad taste in my mouth right and then when we have accident like I, there's not great language around this, so forgive me for, for, I don't want it to sound more trite than it is, but when we have accidents of consent, and I'll give an example in a moment of one that I've, I've done, is, is that there's more room to rebound from it and have everybody walking away feeling good. So I had a scene with somebody a few years ago where we negotiated this scene and I was going to top them and I was going to cigar top them and I was going to punch them. Right. Mm -hmm. And and it was super fun, super, super playful and everything else like that. They really did not want to be punched in the back and they had some upper back stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And we were doing the cigar scene and having a really great time and everything else like that. And I landed a good one on their back. Mm -hmm. Just got caught in the moment and landed a good one on their back. Mm -hmm. I did something that they did not consent to. Mm -hmm. And we stopped for a minute and I rubbed their back to acknowledge that things were that, that I, that I had hit them and I knew I hit them in a place that I didn't intend to. Mm -hmm. And then make eye contact with them. We good. We good. And we moved on. Right. Yeah. They, I checked in on their health. It was, it was over in a matter of moments, but that required us having a mutual sense, not only of those, like, this is, this is, this is what uh, I'm agreeing to, but also mm -hmm it engendered trust because we'd collaborated on building the experience. So they knew I was invested in respecting their, their limits, their boundaries, and that it had been a genuine mistake. Now, if they'd said not good, that they weren't good, we would have stopped and we would have talked about it and I would have made sure that they were taken care of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very different from doing a scene with someone who you haven't built this kind of foundation of collaboration with and exactly. they do something that you said you didn't want to do and you're 
and you don't know if it was one of these just like a little um you know heat of the moment mistake i i'm aware of my mistake and is it okay to move forward like that's very different as a bottom knowing mm-hmm. that the dom was like oops sorry are we okay to move forward you know rather than yeah. not not knowing that not understanding that the dom that was the dom's experience with that exactly exactly and 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 further to that you know we run into situations all the time we see online where people are calling people in and calling people out on things and everything else and that's an important piece of the culture and so often and i think this is all connected to it people will come down on people and say well where's your proof where's your this where you're that at the end of the day You've got somebody who's claiming some level of distress and has har- and harm has happened to them. Mm-hmm. Are we going to spend all of our time litigating it and and investigating it for truth? Or are we going to understand that another be- being human being got hurt? Yeah. And either either because of a violation of agreements or a violation of the spirit of an agreement that yes. hurt them in some way. And how do we support this member of our community? Or more importantly, how do we support this person we just played with? Who turned around and told us a hard thing about how how we had maybe hurt them in a way that they didn't expect to be hurt and now we need to work on this together to feel good about things again both of us yeah one scene like one scene that does stand out for me in my mind where something happened like that where it was not like uh, not nothing i would even put in the category of being a consent violation you know what i mean it was just a scene went somewhere where I didn't intend for it to go like as the bottom you know what I mean isn't it is an impact scene actually and the thing was that I wanted to I knew I was a wimp with impact self-identified wimp with impact um, specifically on my butt I'm better in other places but I wanted to explore that and see and just to see like what my upper register of that was and I feel like I got a very different scene than that than I was intending, which was like exploratory, essentially, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And the other thing was like, I didn't want I wanted no marks or very few marks, which I know as a top doing impact, that's very hard to guarantee. However, I had my ass completely blacked out with bruises, which and this teaches me stuff both as a bottom going forward doing impact. And then also as a top facilitating exploratory, exploratory type impact scenes. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. And for me, unfortunately, that relationship kind of deteriorated after that scene because, yeah. you know, we perhaps didn't have this foundation set up, even though in many ways we did for whatever reason, the communication had broken down as far as that scene went. And it was more of, yeah, the, the fact that it wasn't really addressed in the moment and wasn't really addressed after the scene or even like a week later, weeks later, which could have made me feel totally fine about the situation. You know, just the understanding where he was coming from as far as the, where the miscommunication happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we didn't. Yeah. And that caused that to completely deteriorate. And, um, you know, looking back. You had, a, you had an opportunity there. You had an opportunity yes. there to mitigate the harm. That's the thing. Yes. And, and because you didn't, it exacerbated it instead. And it yes. doesn't, it, either way, it would not have erased the original harm done. And the, and to say harm is not to say that the person intentionally hurt you. There's no intent behind that. But at the end of the yeah. day, you were harmed in some way. And therefore, because it wasn't addressed, 
and because you haven't built the basis to address it. And you can build the basis in like hook up play and connect and one time play as well. For sure. But if you don't have that, then you create the situation where any harms just get exacerbated because all of our feelings get in there. And then all of a sudden, this instead of it being like this thing happened, instead it becomes this person hurt me and mm. dealt with it in a poor way. And then I round you up to asshole. Mm-hmm. And for myself, too, I mean, uh, just like you were saying uh, previously, I had a responsibility as well, um, mm -hmm. you know, with the consent in that scene, which I also pretty much dropped the ball with. So it's like, you know, I guess it contributed to my to my narrative about myself and my own boundaries and whatnot. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, just the fact that exactly as you said, now suddenly it wasn't just about what happened in this scene that one time. It was about him. It was about me and ended up just becoming much bigger and snowballing into more harm when it didn't have Absolutely. to do that. And there are people out there probably who are thinking right now, well, this seems like a lot to do for something simple. And the reality is this like, this doesn't take a long time to do. It's just being on the same page as the other person and being willing to put a pause or to part ways if you aren't on the same page and to establish that early on so that you build rapport with somebody. This is building connection. This is building sexiness. It can be super hot. It doesn't need to be, oh, I negotiate this with him, blah, 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 and paragraph six. And like, like unless you're really into paragraphs and that's your fetish, then more power to you. But it doesn't need to be that stoic. It can be this is like, it can be simply as, as, as simple as something like, hey, I'd really like to see what it looks like when you have an orgasm. Yeah. And then so like, that sounds really hot to me. Let's talk more about that. Well, this is what, this is the kinds of things that make me come great. Can we do some of that? Blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. it can be that fun, that free, but at the end of the day, all of that also, the more rapport you have, the more you mitigate risk and you can have scenes that go great that don't do any of this stuff, For but sure. you've had a high, but you've done it with a higher degree of risk that things could go wrong. And I'm not going to judge it, but I'm certainly going to say, hey, there might have been a way to mitigate the risk and you might not be so lucky the next time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you might not, because that person was actually a very caring top, yeah. you know, so the next time I may not, you know, if I put myself in a similar situation, I may not be so lucky. It's very, mm -hmm. gives me some perspective on that for sure. Absolutely. Like something that I get a lot is like people that are new to kink and very much in that headspace of just wanting to please, wanting to do whatever I want when mm -hmm. they get in the dungeon. And even to go so far as to say, I have no limits. I have no boundaries. I'm like, um, I'm a very ethical person and a very ethical professional. Yeah. That is so dangerous. Like I would hate to think that you would get in a room with somebody who doesn't have the compass that I do. Um, and what they might, what harm they might do, you know, very scary. Well, and if you've got, no, if you've got no boundaries, you're not number one, that's not very healthy no. just in general, right? Ooh, like yes. and number, and number two, think about what you're saying there in the grand context of this. So I'm coming in asking you to be a collaborative partner. And instead you're saying, well, I have no boundaries. Well, now you've just put all the emotional load for the success or failure of this at my feet, haven't you now? <laughs> yeah. And it's just, for me, it's just like also... Uh, me as the facilitator, I'm like, 
I don't, yeah, yeah, you're technically hiring me for a service, but I don't want to do all the work and just have you starfish. Like, that's not fun for me either. Like, and yeah, that puts like more responsibility in the way of like, well, I don't know you and I don't know what you like to do. So you probably won't enjoy the scene half as much if I'm just going to do what I like to do. You know what I mean? It's not setting us up for very much success, quote unquote, again. It's like, is it? It's like, no, it's it's like showing up at your accountant's office with no receipts and saying, (laughs) okay, account. Account me, count me, account me, yeah, account me, daddy. I've been a bad, bad filer. I'm terrible at taxes. Like, yeah. what do you do? Yes, with you that? are. You didn't show up with your fucking receipts. Yeah, yeah. You needed to show up with some of your work done so that we can collaborate on this. Because otherwise. <laughs> A blank slate just is not something that we're interested in working on. No, like, just give us, let's think of a premise at the very least for this scene, you know what I mean? Just a Absolutely. couple bullet points. Like, I'm ha- I'm perfectly happy with that. I love to improvise, actually. But, you know, mm-hmm. I need something to go off of, like, or else yeah. I know, you know, that gives me a bit of stress. Because I'm like, I know this scene isn't going to be as good as it could be. Yeah. And that's the thing I try to communicate with people about, like, a very specific scene, a very specific fantasy they've had in their head for a long time. And then suddenly they're bringing it to me, a professional, um, and they've never done, basically never played with its kink with another person ever before. I'm like, okay, I'm, it's that thing of trying to convince them that I know you have this very set idea in your head. But number one, I'm not a mind reader. No matter how great communicating, you know, we might be at trying to figure this out. But like just getting that to them, like if we really truly are in the room together, collaborating, playing, listening, reacting to each other, it's going to be way, way, way better than this thing you've got in your head. Trust me. Absolutely. If you just let me be a part of the scene, me as a person, you know? Yeah. There's a reason you picked you picked me to, to do this with. Let me at least know mm. why you picked me and what, what you see my, my role is in this, in this. But then let me play my part too, right? Like, let's, let's come together on this. I think that, yeah, the number of people who come because it's, it's funny because you I see so many rope tops, for example, complain about this, where somebody will come and say, like, I would like a rope ride, please. And, <laughs> and because they would like to be suspended. Right. And in a similar in a similar way, you know, it's this fetish dispensing machine idea where come to me with just all of all. I will just come to you with this very specific thing and you could be anybody. Well, if I could be anybody, why am I here? Yes. Is it for just my aesthetics? Like, yeah. Sometimes that's it. It's like they thought I was hot and booked me. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> that's fine, I guess. Like, thanks, but also. Bring something to the table. Yes, please. Yes, please do. I think this kind of feeds into the discourse of um, some people. This is happening on Twitter again recently. It comes around every once in a while. The fact that there are no non-professional doms, femdoms around, you know, and the ratio. Not true. And it's like, you know why that's not true is because you come into these situations with a laundry list and the only people that will reply to that is a professional with their rates. Because if you approach the situation like that, where you're just like wanting to like here, I want to sign up for this ride and not bringing anything else to the table. It's like, well, yeah, like lifestyle doms will not reply to that because the only people that would reply to that is, is somebody that is getting 
compensated financially. Yeah. If you're going to approach it that way, you know, and a Absolutely. lot of people do. It's, 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 the, it's the equivalent of, of sending the unsolicited dick pic and then being shocked that no women will, will, will reply we'll to it. date you. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it's, 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 it's all dangerously close to this whole incel nonsense where, yeah. where at the, at the end of the, at the end of the day, each of us is accountable for treating each other with respect and as individual people because we are individual people. And the more transactional we get about it, and because even a transactional relationship, for example, like a, a pro-dominant relationship is still a relationship. Definitely. They can, you know, they have a relationship with you versus, versus another pro-dom. And that's important because if we just treat people as commodities, then we're just we're creating this situation where somebody could be anybody and then why why are they going to be there then they better be getting something out of it such as getting paid for example yeah to 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 do that because because i'm clearly not getting anything else out of it <laughs> so ex ex exactly and even then most people who get paid still want to have some understanding of who you are and what and what the reciprocal exchange is going to be right everybody in life is Everybody's looking for 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 Lee Harrington is an educator out of uh, the U.S. who talks about things need to have a fee, a fair and equitable exchange, yeah. and it doesn't need to be it does not need to be equal, but it needs to be equitable. I need to see value in what you bring to the table with me, and I you need to see value in what I bring to the table with you. And yes. if we if one of us if either of us feels like we're we're giving an an unequitable piece, then there's going to create we're going to create resentment. And we're either going to like not do anything in the first place, or if we're in an existing relationship, that's going to erode that relationship. And that's why you have, for example, so many people who, who, for example, in this COVID time, I don't know about you, I know a hell of a lot of people getting divorced or separated. Oh yes, yeah. right. And it's yeah. and it's related because these because people, particularly women in, in heterosexual relationships, are in this situation where the things that they were taken for granted on, but resented only to some degree, are now exacerbated because they're always home with each other now. And a lot of these women are saying, like, I've had enough, I'm done, I'm tired of being taken advantage of, and I wanna do something new. And they're, they're soured on the whole thing. Yes, yeah, just because it's the volume suddenly, <laughs> it's all condensed. It's, it's, it's exactly, exactly, and there's no balance to things, but they realize that in sales, like, wait a minute, do I wanna spend another 20 years with this? And the answer is no. And the answer is hell no. <laughs> yeah. And and I love that for them. Yeah. So 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 do I. I I I I wish they had been in relationships that respected them more. But I'm glad they're getting out. And I'm glad. Hopefully, they find something better, or whether that's on their own or with somebody else. Yes, agreed. I hard agree on that. Anything else to uh, about collaborative consent to talk about? We've got like just under ten minutes. I wonder if we can squeeze in some kind of bottoming skills submissive skills oh, squeeze me baby squeeze me oh squeeze let's me daddy. okay great <laughs> let's move on then okay i love this too well it's related to what we're talking about isn't it it is yeah the sneaky thing is there's consent in everything i talk about <laughs> that is sneaky yes <laughs> you know like this is just me like nailing it on the nose but the reality of it is like when we talk about bottoming skills what are we talking about Number one, how do we come to connect with another person and and bring our best selves to the table so that we are actually an active contributor to that collaborative consent we just talked about, right? Mm -hmm. So as a bottom, am I feeling empowered to do that? And if I'm not, if I'm feeling like if I feel shy or whatever, that's okay. But then I need to kind of like push myself a little bit to 
to connect with the part of myself that will allow me to articulate what my what my needs and desires are. And I'm not saying that it's impossible to do, but it's harder to do without that, right? Yeah. So you can be shy and everything else like that, but that just means that you need to be connecting with people who are willing to be a little bit more patient and will and will will be okay with the shy. Lots of us will be. But you need to be making that effort and that and 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 doing that right. And then once we are having the conversation, it's so important to talk about as bottoms as like what our needs are, what we want to what we want to hopefully get out of the out of the situation. That's not a transactional conversation. That is instead less like a, I'm bringing myself into this, and this is what I imagine things might feel like. It also looks like, for example, if I'm negotiating with a top saying knowing what they want yes right why are they there i guarantee you 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 will earn so many points with good tops oh my to god ask them why they're there why oh they're my there. god what do Even, you get out of this that literally never happens like especially in a professional yeah. setting and i'm like god yeah. you didn't even ask me my safe word like Okay, yeah. Are we not even doing that much, let alone my like thoughts, wants, needs, desires in the scene? You know, you're not even asking Absolutely. my limits. Like, wow, yes, that's that's so true. Gold star on you. If anybody literally asks me anything in negotiation, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Are you sitting there just taking in what the top is throwing at you, or are you yes anding them? Yeah. Like, if they turn around and say, "It's like I'd really like to spank you," great. What do you like about spanking? Yeah, great. What's your favorite implement? Yeah. Right. What's your what's your what's your favorite implement? What's great. your favorite implement? Oh, I like that. Oh, I don't like that one though. Yeah. Great. What right? do you like about it? Yeah. Yeah. That way they're not having to go through the whole checklist in their head and instead we're creating this little space that we're collaborating within, right? And instead of turning around and them going through the checklist of yes, no, maybe so, mm -hmm. instead it's like we're collaborating and now they know the spirit of what we're doing when we're building that out and everything else, right? And then the other thing to be aware of too is that if we're coming in there and there's a power disparity as well, especially if we're negotiating with somebody with that we have an existing relationship with, and there's already a power exchange, we need to know enough about ourselves if that power exchange is going to be a, a impediment to us expressing ourselves, right? Yes. One of the things that I think is super important as bottoms and submissive people is to say, I know that it's hard for me to articulate when I am kneeling at my owner's feet, for example. So maybe we need to have special like, porch time where we sit up as equals and the rest of the time I'm not allowed on the furniture but when we have this conversation <laughs> I'm allowed I'm allowed on the furniture right yeah. or maybe we have to suspend our protocols or maybe we don't but then that becomes I'm comfortable to express myself even from my knees can I do that and can my own or dominant toppy type person can they receive that from us while we're on our knees either physically or emotionally love yeah. that yeah, it's 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 super it's super it's super important, you know. And then also just like figuring out and like paying attention to our bodies and like figuring out how to communicate what we feel good about, what what feels good, what 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 doesn't, you know. The more we can articulate what kinds of things we've enjoyed in the past, while still leaving room open for like to negotiate and navigate new things in the future, right? Mm -hmm. But we turn around, we we, in my opinion. If we're communicating about a type of play, either we know how we responded to the past and we can provide that context, or we say, I'm not sure, but I think I would react this way. And both of those are great. Those are both informational, but the I don't know, but I think I'd react this way gives you additional information as the top to say, well, then let's take that a little bit slow, or exactly. I'll check in with you partway through that, right? 
um, and also know what breaks your moods and what and what will will make it hard for you, right? I know, for example, uh, some bottoms have a really hard time being checked in on through this through a scene. So having in a check-in safety word can be really helpful too, right? Mm -hmm. I was playing with a I was playing with a bottom years ago who I, I used to have fabulous scenes with, and whenever uh, she did not like, we did not play very often, and we played kind of intensely when we did play. So one of the things, and she went kind of like deep into submission with me when we did play. So one of the things that we would set up there is we, we would set an intention before every scene and we had a little bit of a protocol that said, so long as you're in this room with me, you are, you are my responsibility. Part of being under my responsibility is that you need to communicate with me so that I can best take care of you. Mm -hmm. And then, and then what I would is I would, in addition to our regular safe words, I would say, I'm going to ask you from time to time, are you still with me, girl? And either the answer is yes, sir, or no, sir. And that allowed us to like check in, in protocol, not break the scene at all, mm -hmm. and allow her to still be jiving with things, but feel like, like giving me information was an act of obedience instead of an act of disappointment. Oh, yes. Yeah, I love framing it in that special DS way. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to break my toys kind of a way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yes. ruin, I wouldn't defile my own property. I wouldn't, you know, like ruin my own property. Like, so putting in the, sometimes you got to put it in that kind of a context for mm -hmm. them to feel free to be able to communicate basically absolutely 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 it's it, that that way they don't feel like they're sitting there with the ultimate power even though we both can break the scene at any time we know that but so yeah. long as we're creating this like area of disbelief and this and this and this aura around the scene yeah that's aura around the scene this fantasy then let's use language that honors it yes love that i love that as a tip mm -hmm. oh, darren i feel like we could talk forever <laughs> I know. I, I feel, know. It's, would it's, you it's would so you good. be open to coming back? I would love that. Of course. Because of course, I'm happy to. We've got topics we didn't even touch on. We've got more to say about the topics that we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for now, we've got to we've got to wrap it up. Are you able to tell the folks uh, where they can sign up, where they can follow you, find out more about your coaching practice that you are reinvigorating? So you can go to my website, learngrowrepeat.ca, and that is where you will find all the home for all my coaching practice stuff, the stuff that I'm teaching and, and everything else. You can sign up for my newsletter there. So even if you're not interested in my coaching practice, you can see when I'm going to be um, when I'm going to be teaching next. And you can also uh, check out some of the writings that I'm going to start releasing. So that's learngrowrepeat.ca. Or you can check me out on Twitter. You can either go to my coaching specific Twitter, which is uh, Darren Learn. Or you can go to my more not safe for work Twitter, which is Darren underscore infinity. And I'm also the same thing on fat life too. Oh, Darren underscore infinity. And I was actually, um, your, your avatar for your Darren underscore infinity Twitter is a tutu. Um, I was thinking of you today actually, because I'm making a, a black denim skirt for my, my male partner. <laughs> oh, cool. I was like, Oh, what a perfect activity to be doing. Like fraying the edges of this demons did this denim skirt before talking to Darren today. <laughs> it, it's that, that is, that is serendipitous. Absolutely. <laughs> Wasn't it? So everyone, you know, me on Twitter at the lady pim one, that's where I'm the most active. But if you must go to Instagram, I'm at the bedpost podcast at the lady pim one. We mentioned Patreons earlier. 
I got one. Patreon.com slash the bedpost show. Darren's going to have one soon. Next time he comes yes. to the, this is his task, even though I'm not his dom and this is completely out of pocket. He's going to have a Patreon. He's going to tell you the address next time I have him on the podcast. Yes, we <laughs> <laughs> the only response i would accept uh we also have our youtube of course uh youtube is at the bedpost sex show if you want to email me the bedpost sex show at gmail.com for podcast related stuff or if it's domination related shit it's ladypim at protonmail.com i'm back in, at the ritual chamber everybody so Woo-hoo. go to ritualchamber.ca slash ladypim to check me out and book me if you want to see me in person masks required still um here in toronto so go do that thing i also just like to shout out stephanie copeland who does all the original music for my pod so you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com last but not least darren infinity campbell thank you thank you so much always a pleasure and yeah we'll do this again real soon i would absolutely love that everyone i hope you enjoyed we'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality again fucked bye <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!